Welcome to Imran's podcast, episode number 37. This is your host, Suman Silwal. Don't be afraid or ashamed of talking about stuff that is specific to women in racing. This episode is sponsored by Pinahody Trail Series. Visit PinahodyTrailSeries.com for latest race updates for Chiha 50K and Pinahody 100. Early registration for Pinahody 100 begins December 14th with a discount price of $170. I'd like to welcome Jackie Merritt to Emron's podcast. Jackie, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Have you recovered from Pinahody 100? Um, yeah, I'm getting back there. I'm, I'm kind of just starting to gradually start some easy runs again this week. So yeah, things feel good. How long does it usually take you to recover from a, a race like a hard race like this? Uh, well, the 100 miler um, usually takes me a little bit longer. I really, I mean, this is only my third 100 I've run, but I've always run my hundreds at the end of um, any racing season I've had. So I really, really try not to rush um, the recovery coming back. You know, I just really think that it's just good for the whole system to kind of give your body a break from the impact and, you know, anything hard aerobically for a minute, um, you know, kind of better safe than sorry, risk versus benefit. That's kind of how I look at it. But um, I kind of took like two weeks and really didn't run, um, did some light aerobic stuff. And now, you know, I tried, you know, doing a couple real easy runs this week and was really happy with how I felt. So yeah, and that's kind of how I like to do things. So I probably won't start training for another couple of weeks either, like doing any hard workouts or anything. So you say the end of the season, when does your season starts and ends? Uh, it kind of depends on the year, really. Um, you know, as you know, there's ultras all year round at this point um, in our sport. So it's uh, it's it's very tempting to kind of race all year round um, and, and kind of hard to, to pick when, you know, your seasons and when you want to race and build up and when you kind of take an off season. Um, um, for me this year in particular, I uh, I took a, a very light spring. Like I really didn't race much at all. All this spring I raced like 150K and that was like the end of April because I was finishing my um, PhD dissertation. So I figured I really don't need the stress of racing. Um, so I kind of, you know, just did some other life stuff there. So that's kind of how this year worked out for me. And then I kind of geared up uh, late spring and the summer and kind of been racing since then. So you moved from northeast to southeast. Um, you know that our season just started, so <laughs> it's a little different. For us. <laughs> yeah, it's finally cooling down. It's really, actually, it's really nice running this morning when it was, you know, like 40 degrees. I, like, love that weather, so. You live in Atlanta area. We're in south here. We get a one day of snow, and, and after that, it's all, all winter is like this, so. <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice. Now, what is the next big race are you training for? Uh, my next big race is the uh, Georgia Death Race, and that is uh, on April 1st. Yeah, that's that's up in North Georgia here. Uh, so I'll definitely, everything I do from now until then, I'll be kind of gearing up towards that. Uh, I have a couple of races I'm picking up in the meantime, like I'm doing the Mountain Mist uh, the end of January, and then I'm also doing the Mount Mitchell Challenge uh, in February, I think it is. So talking about running, uh, can you share your running journey with us? How did you start running? And, um, now you run hundred miles and how, how did you really go into ultra running? People ask me all the time if I ran cross country and, um, I, I really, I didn't run ever, uh, until like later in college. Um, I grew up with a, a basketball background. Um, so my family was very athletics oriented, but, uh, I was not running unless I was, you know, 
there was a ball involved. Um, and I actually really didn't like running because uh, it was kind of like our punishment for, you know, missing foul shots and whatnot. Um, but like I, I wasn't I wasn't bad at it. I was I was pretty um, like scrappy and whatnot in, in basketball and that sport. And so then uh, in college um, at James Madison, I joined triathlon club and I kind of started doing you know the triathlon thing and I was really the best at the the running um division of that sport uh and then I where I grew up in Maryland um is kind of the I grew up right near the starting line of the JFK 50 mile which happened to be um this past weekend uh, actually but um I grew up right near the starting line for that and it was like this big local event so I'd always heard about people running this 50 mile race and I you know had been out and kind of seen these people and I kind of thought they were a little crazy um but yeah, as I started running with triathlon club, um I actually started training with a a friend back home and he did the JFK and he kind of like, you know, hearing him talk about the race, um I don't know, it kind of got me planted a seed in my mind to sign up for it. So JFK was my first ultra, um, which was that that 50 miler. And then uh, I didn't really start taking off with running ultras right after that. Um, but uh, in the years that followed, I kind of got more and more into trail running and then trail running community kind of leads to ultra running. Um, and I, I just really liked the long distance out all the day, um, you know, aspect of the whole ultra scene. So I guess that's how I got into it. So uh, do you only do ultra races or do you also do our trail races only or do you also run road road marathons or anything like that? Uh, I do a fair amount of road racing, kind of depending on the season. Since I moved to Atlanta this summer, I've actually done quite a bit of uh, at least tr my training on the road, um, just because it's not very feasible for me to get out to the trails most days of the week um, with work and whatnot, uh, which is is something that I do miss in, in when I was living in Delaware. Um, so uh, yeah, but I mean, you can get quite fast training, uh, training on the road around here. And there are certainly some fast people and I have some fast um, new friends that I've made out here. So I, I do, um, yeah, I do a lot of my uh, training now on the road. Um, I occasionally will um, run like the a road race, like a road marathon. Um, I did run a road half marathon like a few weeks ago, uh, actually like two weeks before Pinhoti, um, which I thought was like a really good kind of tune up the leg speed before the the hundred type of race i dabble in road racing definitely i do that too i i'm i'm always between road and trail so so any given day you will see me running <laughs> races between those places. yeah yeah it's definitely like a different it's a different type of challenge you know like just being out there uh you know hammering it on the road like your pace is so much more objective and um <laughs> than it would be on you know like the tr the trail it's a little bit less dictated uh by the terrain than the trail run would be definitely so you went from mm -hmm. uh being non-runner to runner and uh, eventually became our you're now ultra marathoner what was your struggle d during those time going from being non-runner to what you are now um well i guess i think my when I kind of reflect back on the whole evolution of 
uh, you know, running for me. Um, I think the biggest struggle was probably finding uh, the balance between rest and um, between recovery and, uh, you know, workouts. Um, It's just like very easy once you start racing that you kind of want to, you know, like I said before, kind of, you know, there's always races full year round. So it's kind of easy to just jump from this race to this race to this race and just kind of like run yourself into the ground and never really give yourself adequate time to recover. And you can do it for a little while, but it will catch up with you. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of learned that a little bit the hard way, but, but I was, I kind of, um, caught on to it, backed off a little bit. This was about, I don't know, maybe like four or five years ago. Um, and then, you know, just even within it, within a training bout, you know, kind of knowing, um, you know, the difference between like, okay, you know, you're training for an ultra marathon, you're always really going to be running on tired legs for the most part, you know, with, with your high mileage weeks, but kind of knowing the difference between, um, okay, um, this is normal fatigued versus I need to take a recovery day, a light cross day, you know, a yoga day, whatever. Um, and really kind of like learning, um, what that feels like. I think that was probably the biggest struggle because it's hard. Like you can't really write that in a book. You can't read that from a blog. Like that's something that you kind of have to feel and know yourself to really get it. Definitely. I really, truly agree with you because I'm, I'm like that. I'm jumping from the race to race and, and then my tire legs are sometimes screaming for rest. Let's switch the topic a little bit. Uh, let's talk about your um, experience, Pin Hody 100. Can you tell us how was your experience? How how did you uh, run through the Pin Hody? How did you like the course? Give us a rundown your experience of Pin Hody 100. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Pin Hody... Uh, was my kind of focus race for the uh, yeah the fall um, and so I really kind of went into Penhody like I had well I've run two hundreds before Penhody um, but I never really felt like I had I I really quite ran the distance of, like the best that I could on that day something like would always always like came up um in the those two races one you know one thing or another and so anyways i was i was very determined to run um a smart race but at the same time run you know run my best up in hody and give it just a really solid effort and i was pretty confident with my training so that's kind of what i went into it um how i went into it uh yeah i mean i think i i think it was a good a well i it was a well executed race overall um i kind of you know hung back a little bit in the beginning, um, you know, hiked the short steep hills early, even when, you know, you don't really want to because you're, you know, your fitness is good, you're tapered, you're, you know, you're ready to run, but, you know, really kind of just holding back a little bit um, at the beginning. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it, it went, <laughs> it went pretty well. Um, I remember you coming through the Ball Rock A station and uh, you were still looked really fresh and some of the people make it, made a comment about you know hey look at her she's looking still fresh what was the experience coming up to the ball rock yeah ball rock was actually um very exciting because i got to the summit um well before i thought i was going to because if you look on the elevation profile it's pretty it looks pretty um long and steep at least from the elevation profile but it really did not feel like that um when i was climbing i actually ran a good bit of the climb so i was pretty excited that i was already at the top um and so uh yeah i was i was feeling really good uh at bald rock it was starting to heat up a little bit um which was you know, nothing crazy, but it was certainly uncharacteristic for that uh, time of year. 
And so, yeah, I, I really felt good until mile, like really until mile, like 75, I picked up, uh, my pacer, my brother-in-law was pacing me. He's not even really a runner, but I somehow convinced him to run 20 miles through the woods with me in the <laughs> middle of the night. And, uh, he picked me up at 65 and then going up the pinnacle climb. Um, now that was like probably the hardest, well, that was definitely the hardest climb of the day. Um, it, it felt a lot harder than it, it it looked on the uh at least on the the profile maybe because it's it was it's quite steep and it seemed to go on like forever um and i my stomach wasn't feeling great when i got to the top of there and uh yeah but yeah trader joe's ginger chews have saved my life more than once in ultras so um i sucked down a few of those and then I, I was I was um, feeling a lot better after that. And at mile 85, uh, when you come out to that Jeep road, and then it's almost entirely Jeep road until the finish uh, with one small single section, um, I was uh, about 15 minutes behind course record pace, uh, which I knew I had been really close to all day. So um, I was, you know, I was just really driven to try to make up that time and, you know, run as hard as I could in those last 15 miles. So yeah, so that's kind of how my race my race unfolded and then that's essentially what I did for the last 15 miles <laughs> that sounds like a great execution for, for your race execution and a fun race for you um, was there any difficult point um, you, you mentioned that um, climbing the pinnacle and before uh, a lot of people had heat problems and and some of the people are talking about maybe the smoke some part of the pinhoti may have affected their performance did you have any experience like that um, you know, I didn't, I was actually, um, kind of nervous about the smoke part. Um, I, I can tell you, I didn't really notice the smoke. Um, I, the only part that I can think of about like the, the air quality was when we were, it was quite dry. And when, um, we were running on some of the gravel roads, like I think specifically the one after mile, um, 55, I think Adam's gap or something, uh, there where would be like cars, an occasional car that would drive by on the gravel road and it would just like, you know, fume up all this dust and it was like <laughs> impossible to breathe and like you'd breathe in and like you would just get dirt like in your mouth, like so much like just sand and grit that I could like grind my teeth and like feel that and it was just like, oh my gosh. So I just started holding my breath and cars would drive by. <laughs> so that was like, that was like the only thing about the air. Um, like the air that I noticed is just it was like super dry. Um, I'm sure my allergies was, were probably, you know, flaring up a little bit, but not like I, I was so focused. I might not have not have really noticed. It might not have been as bad enough for me to notice it. Yeah, this year been dry. Um, it hasn't rained in, in a while now. And uh, last year was there was complete rain from the start to finish. Yeah, I know. My husband actually ran um, Penhody last year and I was out pacing him um, and I, it was pouring rain for so long. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, definitely. How was your training for Penhody? Uh, did you do any special training or since it was your yeah. focus race? So I just want to know how was your training? Yeah, uh, my training, it was actually uh, pretty different than I did some pretty different stuff than I had normally been doing. Um, I actually started working with a uh, coach, AJW, for the first time uh, that I'd ever worked with a coach. I was always kind of like self-coached, um, which I think turned out to be really 
really good for me because you know there's all when you're when you're doing your own training plans there's always like those days when you're like you question your recovery days or your cross days like maybe I should be out there running you know like that type of thing so I I think that really helped me um stick with a plan I had a plan I stuck with it and uh kind of had like a correspondence with someone really on a da- on a daily basis. I would talk to him, um, but he had me doing uh, stuff that I was not doing um, during my own training. Like, uh, for example, I think the first week when I started training with him, he was like, okay, uh, Thursday, 90 minute tempo on hills. And I'm just like, what? 90 minute tempo? That's insane. That's like a half marathon, you know, like, you know, my tempos are hard, but they're like, they're 40 minutes, but you know, and they're really hard. So um, there's just like stuff like that, that, um, you know, I, I would not have, I probably would not have been doing, uh, on my own, you know, just so it was is that it was kind of like, you know, he's like, you know, gearing up for the 100 miler, you have to make your tempos longer. So that was like one of the things that I did. Um, the other really critical thing that I did specific was a little more specific to Pinhoti itself um, was uh, I would do, you know, standard uh, long trail run, maybe like Saturday on the weekend, maybe like 25, 30 miles. And then the next day, I would do a hard road tempo run. And that run really sucked every single time. <laughs> but like every single road tempo following a uh, a long, um, you know, 30 mile trail run, I would be thinking about those last 15 miles of Pinhoti and just being like, this is how that's going to feel. And it did. It, it felt remarkably similar when I got to mile 85. <laughs> And I was like, all right, well, here's my here's my rear tempo right now this is what I've been training for. So I, I really think that that helped me um, in that the last 15 miles of that race because it was, you know, so, so runnable at the last 15. So I, I think that doing that really helped simulate um, Pinhoti specifically. So those are a couple of things I did training. It sounds like you had a great training and, of course, a great race. Before we move to the next section, I would like you to talk to us about this Milestone Pod that you are sponsored by. Can you describe what it is? I, I briefly read the description of it. So, yeah, Milestone Pod is a small, lightweight sensor that you can attach to your shoe, and it gives you feedback on... Um, you know, things like your mileage, your pace, just like a GPS watch, but it also gives you feedback on your um, biomechanical running data. Um, and so you basically go out for a run with a sensor attached to your shoe, you come back from the run, you sync the um, pod with an app on your phone, and then um, you'll be able to see graphical displays of, um, you know, all of your running mechanical data and uh, also, you know, mileage, your pace, that type of thing. So you can retroactively look at um, at all of that data. And the uh, the gate mechanical data that it gives you is um, our gate metrics that we know are associated with running-related injuries and also metrics that are um, related to running economy, so how efficient you are in your running form. So um, yeah, so it's very uh, cool insights into how you're running. So that I definitely used that um, 
the pod to in my training leading up to Penhody, um, especially the rate of impact uh, metric that it gives, because we do know that rate of impact is related to things like shin splints, um, which I've I've kind of struggled with in the past. And so um, helping getting that feedback, you know, out in, you know, training on the trails, training on the roads um, and, uh, you know, really helped me reduce my rate of impact and, and help me stay healthy in um, training, especially when I increase my mileage a lot during the weeks leading up to the race. So where can we get the pod from? Well, you can get it. I think actually, I'm pretty sure Big Peach is selling it now. That's relatively new. Um, Fleet Feet uh, Sports is also selling it in Atlanta. Um, But you can also order it from milestonepod.com. You can get it on Amazon. Um, You know, just look up Milestone Pod. Um, It's actually really cool because it is a really affordable device. Um, It's $25, you know, and for all the data that you get, um, it gives you almost as much data as your GPS watch and then, you know, data about your running form. So yeah, I'm, I'm also a physical therapist and I think that this is really awesome that we're able to get some of this uh, running mechanical data with, you know, outside of a biomechanics laboratory. I think that's just like a really cool thing that people can definitely start taking advantage of with um, this wearable technology that's coming out now. Definitely. I'll link it uh from from this podcast show notes so yeah so people can get it from probably amazon.com or something so we'll, we'll do yeah, that yeah. jackie are you ready for Run sprint round yeah sure what type of shoes do you wear for trail running i've been wearing the saucony peregrine six and for the road oh for the road um if i'm doing like a base road mileage i've been wearing um the saucony ride nines which i really like um and then i also really like saucony kinavara for more up-tempo uh track workouts and stuff Beyond miles, uh, milestone pod. Do you use any GPS device uh, for track your run? Um, I really, I don't use GPS too much. Um, sometimes I'll use um, my uh, Fitbit Surge that has a, a GPS in it. So um, I'll occasionally use that, but for the most part, I don't use GPS when I run. So most part, you use the milestone pod, correct? Yeah, I use milestone pod, and then you know, for workouts, I just use a simple wristwatch and just do workouts by time. Are you a mostly trail runner, road runner, or both? I think you mentioned you're both. Yeah, I, I have to call myself both. <laughs> Most of my races are trail. A lot of my running is on the road. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm running and racing in both places. So, Are you a downhiller or uphill climber? Definitely downhill runner. <laughs> so what kind of technique do you use to go fast and downhill? Is there anything specific you do? or? Um, just uh, nothing. I, I mean, I... I just think about kind of like, you know, um, controlled falling. I think, I think some of the, the, the most common mistakes I see people do on downhill is they shorten their step length suddenly, or they're like dramatically increase their step length. And really, um, you don't have, really have to change your cadence that much. Um, and then the other, the other common thing that also is good for injury prevention is really, um, you know, using your core on the downhill and trying not to like arch your back backwards and tilt your pelvis forward. I think that mechanically that's, that's a good thing. And then also just, um, try not to keep your feet on, on the ground, uh, very long you know you're kind of like it's almost like running on hot coals like that's the technique i tell people to to use like you don't want your foot on the ground for long at all yeah those those would be like the tips i would give <laughs> yeah i'm not a good downhiller so 
<laughs> what type of hydration yeah. plan do you use, um, uh, including hydration pack, bottles, any, any special drink you use for your hydration? As far as like how I carry my hydration, I have, um, I have always been like a handheld person like when I can I, I really enjoy running with with handheld uh, but I, I only like carrying one handheld I don't like carrying two um, so of course that you know limits the amount of hydration you can carry but um, I guess also in the in the summer in Atlanta that was also <laughs> um, convenient or I was preferable rather over the hydration pack because the hydration pack can add I, I feel like can add like a considerable amount of heat to like have something like just on your back like that um but one there is some there's a new research that's come out um about uh like running economy um and compares you know carrying uh weight at your um you know the end of your upper extremity versus carrying it at your core and it is overwhelmingly more efficient to carry the weight at your core <laughs> than it is to carry it at your um you know just carry it in your hand so i've been trying to to, um, you know, especially in the cooler weather, take advantage of that and use more of a hydration pack type of strategy. So that's probably more detail than you wanted to know on that, but that I've been trying to go more, um, more hydration pack on, on some of these races and stuff. I was going to ask you if you use water versus all the other stuff. So, um. Oh yeah, I do. Um, I do use tailwind. I really like tailwind. I, I kind of, um, I, I absolutely hate taking gels like I haven't taken a gel in two years because my stomach just revolts so um I like doing like that slow caloric drip strategy where you're just kind of like sipping um slowly but like sipping frequently and I think that kind of delivering the calories and kind of that slow release manner um is just really works well for me and so taking my calories in via um you know uh fluids is works has been working well what type of nutrition plan do you follow or if you follow any um well it it depends on the distance of the race and how long i'm going to be out there probably and then how hot it is so multifactorial um but for Penhody, i did a lot of tailwind um i try you know for a hundred milers especially i you know i eat solid food during that and so um i was for Penhody, i was just trying to eat early and often so in the first like 10 minutes of the race i was like you know i could probably eat and so i just started eating lara bars um, so just if you feel like if I feel like I can eat, I I eat, especially in a hundred miler. Um, if you feel like you can eat, uh, it's probably a good sign. So, you know, just do it. <laughs> so I, I was eating like Lara bars in uh, like the first part of Enhody. And then um, I was eating like uh, avocado tacos, uh, which is just like, you know, avocado, salt, lime juice in like a, like corn tortilla. Um, so I was, I was eating those, which actually worked really well. Cause they're not like, I'm really sensitive to like a lot of like sweet stuff, which is why I think gels don't really, um, sit well with me. And so, uh, I think like that, like the avocado and just like kind of like the bland flour corn tortilla, it just like worked well. Cause it wasn't like sweet, but it was still, you know, calories. Um, uh, I do like Coca-Cola, so I'll usually try to like drink a few um, sips at you know eight stations there. Um, I like ginger chews. I don't really have like a methodical like nutrition strategy. Like some people are like I'm gonna do this every 20 minutes. I'm gonna do this every 30 minutes. I really don't do that. Like I said, I kind of like just kind of like slowly and frequently, just like 
giving myself calories. I find that when I I've tried to do that, um, it just feels like, you know, I'm giving myself gut bombs every 20 minutes and mm. that, that strategy just doesn't work well for me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like, that's what I was doing for, for Pinhoti. Great. That so. sounds like a great nutrition plan. I need to listen to you more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there a race that you haven't run that you like to run anytime soon? Well, I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but I mean, Western States, I would really love to get to Western States. I would love to run it. Um, like we were talking about before with the downhill uh, aspect, Western States has a lot of it. And being a point to point, you don't have to necessarily climb back up some of those hills you run down. So um, that that's kind of an, an enticing aspect of that race for me. So I guess I would say that one. Definitely. A lot of people applied for Western States after Pinhoti. So that was the last race. Uh, one of the last race. Yeah. Before we conclude uh, this interview, uh, I would like you to give a word of advice to women in ultra runnings. Um, they like to run ultras and go distance like you have done or you're doing right now. Uh, can you give us a word of advice? Advice to women in, in specific? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say don't limit yourself um, and don't think that, you know, because of your physiology and anatomy that you're less capable um, than somebody else at doing the same thing. And then at the same time, um, don't be afraid or ashamed of talking about stuff that is specific to women in racing. I mean, I've, I've had to talk to my crew and um, my pacers about about stuff when you're out there um, that, you know, has traditionally been like, you know, uncomfortable or maybe like is something where, you know, thought maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. But I think it's really important that they should be able to talk about whatever's important um, in, in running and racing and communicate that with the people who need to hear it. So that's the advice I would give to, to them. Definitely. You've been such a great trail runner and I'm looking forward to hearing more of your running journey and as you go forward. And since you moved in Southeast, I'm, I'm definitely I'm going to see you more. So thanks for. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Thank, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for uh, talking to us here at the Emron's podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emron's podcast. If you're an iTunes user, please rate, review and subscribe to our channel.